When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about anger, a very normal human emotion that can also be scary and can sometimes cause us to do things we regret or feel things that we'd really rather not feel. I wanted to reach out to someone who could help us think about anger in new ways and potentially interrupt any of our habitual patterns around it so that we've got some space to learn some new skills for dealing with it. The person I'm talking to today is Andrea J. Lee. Andrea is the author of the blog, We Can Stop Being Abusive on Substack. The controversial article, I Verbally Abused My Husband, Here's How I Stopped, published in the Washington Post, and the book, We Need to Talk, for small business owners. Andrea is months away from completing her master's degree, which explores emotional abusiveness in romantic relationships and co-facilitates the support group for abusive women at the Ananias Foundation. On top of all those things, Andrea is a master coach whom I've had the pleasure and honor of working with, and she's as loving and inspiring as she is brilliant and strategic. I'm super excited to hear her thoughts on dealing with anger today. Andrea, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for that really kind, generous intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's my pleasure. (laughs) Andrea, I recently received a letter from a listener named Betty, and she said, there are so many people who are always angry, especially nowadays. Every little thing sets them off, and I am one of them. I really want to control it, but it's so hard to do sometimes. I don't want to take my anger out on my family and friends. Now, it's that last line about not wanting to take your anger out on the people around you that made me think of you and your work to help people end the cycle of emotional abuse. So, what is it about anger that makes it like a hot potato, something that we often unconsciously toss to the people closest to us? What a fantastic and really honestly touching question from Betty, Kate. I know. Wow. (laughs) Great listener question. So to me, a simple definition of anger is that it is information and energy. So anger provides, right, information, and it is a source or it is actually energy itself. So we can say more about all of those things, but in direct answer to your question, when anger has been pent up 
let's say you've been tolerating things for a while over time, or you have sudden anger, it can really flood you with a lot of energy, almost like when water floods the riverbanks in a city. And that's really the answer to that question. If we've left anger unattended, it can overtake us and leak onto other people. Hmm. I do want to, I've never really thought about it as energy before, but of course it is. And as you were talking, I was like, oh, it's like an emotional hot flash. But I think that that is just revealing (laughs) that I (laughs) am a menopausal woman. (laughs) I would love to talk a little bit more about that bird's eye view perspective of what anger is. Uh And, And so it's anger, so it's energy and it's information. So can you say more about that? And can you also talk about like some of the functions that it, it nothing is a mistake, right? Yes. Anger is a natural part of the human condition. So what's it here for? What's that anger and information like seeking to do? Think of for a moment, if we were to encounter a threat in the wild, you know, I love bears. So I feel kind of sad to cast a bear in the threat position. But just for a moment, <laughs> let's take it, say it's a, like a an angry grizzly mama bear, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's threatening us. So this fear and anger of being threatened, let's say it's this mama bear is threatening our children or, you know, causing damage to something that we care about. We would have fear, but we would also have anger like this. No, you can't do that, you know? And Mm -hmm. so the information is that we are upset. We, our boundary has been crossed. We do not like this. (laughs) This must stop. That's, you know, often what is being communicated to us via anger. And almost universally, we can say that anger is providing information in that vein. It's, it can, there can be variations, but it's usually in that vein. And as far as emotion or, uh, pardon me, energy, The way that anger provides energy is extremely purposeful. It is so that we have the wherewithal to stand up to whatever is is upsetting us, is causing us to be not okay. When we're having a fight, whether it be with a loved one or maybe, God forbid, it's a boss or a coworker or something, we're having a fight and we're really angry, we can feel it. Like even if we tune in right now, right, Kate? Whoa can feel the energetic of that anger allowing us, empowering us to say, you know, stop right here. You you have to stop being a bully or, you know, I'm getting out of here or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Those are just some more descriptive ways of thinking about how anger is truly, it's two things, that energy, that energetic surge and a messenger. Okay. So the way that you're talking about it makes it sound very constructive, which mm-hmm. of course, you know, the dual nature of reality, things can be constructive and destructive at the same time. Yes. <laughs> How do we start to w- work with it differently? Because a lot of times I feel like anger really makes us feel kind of out of control, right? Like the energy is so powerful that it's almost like it overtakes us. Um, mm-hmm. And in those moments, I mean, unless perhaps, unless, you know, you're, you're fighting off an angry mama grizzly bear, but maybe mm-hmm. it's just 
I find myself getting angry a lot at this four-way stop at the bottom of my street because it's kind mm -hmm. of new and some people just blow right through it and my kids mm -hmm. cross that intersection and I drive through that intersection and I often have my kids in the back seat. But even if I don't, there's something about people not stopping at that stop sign and it's like I'm a crazy person in my own little bubble of my car like, ah! mm -hmm. <laughs> So how do we kind of deal with the energy sur surge so mm -hmm. that it is ultimately constructive instead of destructive. And mm -hmm. I don't, you know, like end up getting into a road rage incident, mm -hmm. <laughs> which hasn't happened yet. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's like a, I could see how it could be possible. You honk your horn, you roll down your window, you yell, they yell, you know, anyway. You flip the bird, all of a sudden there's fisticuffs and hospital yeah. and the whole thing. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it happens. It, it, less, it takes less than that sometimes to create violence, real physical violence. So this is where I like to quote Shrek from the movie, Shrek, <laughs> yes. where his incredible wisdom, which I turn to again and again, and it is better out than in. And mm -hmm. <laughs> how that applies to anger is truly like in that moment when you come up to that stop sign, Kate, let yourself be angry with one caveat, and that is that you not harm others in doing mm -hmm. so, right? So if your kids are in the car, you might not want to like just let yourself, you know, make all sorts of noises and cuss words or whatever your style would be um, because they probably would cause fear and stress in their physicality and not create a good relationship with them. Right. So mm -hmm. if you're not in, a, if you're in a place where you can do so, where it doesn't cause other people harm, I am a proponent of letting that anger through you and out into expression. So angry journaling. I can't tell you how many pages in my journal are torn because my pen was pressing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> angry art. I mean, think of some of the most passionate painting and like finger painting or throwing down sculptures and clay and or angry speed walking, stomping your way through that, you know, speed walk that you got good. Angry lifting of your weights, right? Let mm -hmm. it go through you in the moment and also after like you've driven through and also you know what before so what betty was referring to is i think of as basically a low grade increasingly like a growing low grade state of anger in society mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think of that as like a, a ph level like an, a, a high acidity level of anger in society we need everyone to get a punching bag and do some working out on that thing play some like loud heavy metal music whatever it is to move this energy through in a proactive way will lower the the breaking point where your anger comes out involuntarily Mm. Okay. Sounds like the energy just it needs a place to release. Like it's it's got to have somewhere to go. So well put. <laughs> so well put. <laughs> like you put it in five words when I put in whatever it was, 50 or 100. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple more questions for you, Andrea, but I have to take a quick break. Hold on. The tricky thing about anger is that it can make whatever you're upset about feel like the biggest and maybe the only thing in the world. 
A meditation practice can help you learn how to put the things that make you mad into perspective. Headspace is my go-to meditation app, and they even have a 10-day program called Transforming Anger, a series of short guided meditations designed to train the mind to witness anger and then let it go. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Kate. That's headspace.com slash Kate for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation including those when you're royally ticked off. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Kate today. Okay, and we're back with Andrea J. Lee talking about anger. So you were talking before the break about, I loved how you put it, the rising acidity of anger just kind of in the ether in our culture and the air outside. And talking about finding, that sounds like you're saying practices that you can do somewhat on the regular before you have the triggering event at the four-way stop sign, for example, in my example. Yes. What about in the aftermath of anger, when we mm-hmm. felt or done or said something that we wished we hadn't? What do we do then? Yeah, so this depends a little bit on the severity of things as you mentioned in my intro you know i work with people who have chronic issues of real abusiveness and sometimes outright domestic violence so i'll I'll answer this question more for the moderate cases of this rather than sort of full-fledged like domestic violence issues because i think that that's more appropriate here Mm -hmm. but if you if you've done something and you regret it and it's an occasional thing. It's not a regular thing that you're constantly doing something terrible and you regret it. It's just an occasional thing. You did something and you're like, oh, crap. Well, <laughs> the first thing to do is really pause, take a moment to reflect on what this regret is. Why do you regret it? What is it that you wish you had done instead? What harm do you think that you may have caused? by taking that action or being angry in that way. And it pause. And the reason for this is so that you really let it be real and not gloss over it for a very important reason. Studies show that if you will pause and ask yourself why you feel that regret, you are so much more likely to not do it again. So mm. let me say that again. If you gloss over your regret, it's much easier to forget. And then, whoops, you find yourself a week later doing the same damn thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So pausing, and even though it might feel kind of crappy to be like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have raised my voice, or actually I really should, the name I called that person, that was, uh, I wish I hadn't done that. Let yourself feel that. And it's not because I'm trying to send anyone into a depression, like feel it to a light degree, but feel it. And then the second step is to let that real feeling, having processed it, guide you to make amends. And whatever that looks like, it might be you write an email to own the thing that you did, 
It might be that you ask to speak to the person and apologize for your angry outburst. Um, it might be that you uh, outline that you know um, this is this is what what happened and this is what you're doing to to ensure that you don't do it again. You know there are a variety of ways to actually address it, but the most important part really comes before the apology. The apology often wants people want to apologize right away, but the apology is only genuine if it has real uh, reflection in it. So. First step, reflect on why it is you have regret. Okay. All right. I think that this ownership piece is really important, right? Because when you're angry, you feel really righteous, I think, in the moment of Mm -hmm. like, I am so right (laughs) and you are so wrong. And that can make it feel like your anger is justified. And, you know, um, if you do something that you regret, well, it's just kind of a natural consequence of your justification. But it sounds like this exercise that you're suggesting is a way to kind of penetrate that juicy, hard candy shell of like indignation mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of letting in, oh, right, I had a, a role in this too. And I, perhaps I did something to trigger someone else's indignation, which Mm -hmm. then helps you bring empathy to the whole situation. You nailed it. Yeah, Kate, you nailed it. Yeah. I like to say that when we're in an argument and there's two people that are angry, both those people are right. Mm. They're both right within their own worlds. And two things can be true at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So what you said is absolutely true. Is that even if you feel you're right, if you feel that your anger hurt somebody or was you didn't like how you expressed it, then you you can feel indignant and also compassionate and empathetic to the other person's rightness. Mm -hmm. Great. So we're, our interview is going a little bit longer than I normally have these go, but I do want to ask one more question before we wrap up. Sure. Which is, and we, you talked about kind of some practices for kind of keeping, giving the, that anger energy a place to go so that it doesn't, it's less likely to boil over, right? And we talked about what to do in the aftermath of having your anger boil over. But what about in the moment when you are in conversation with someone and you're starting to feel it come on, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't like pause and go angrily lift weights, which I just got the best visual in my mind when you (laughs) suggested that. And I love it. But, you know, kind of in this, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you talk about that? What sure. It is, a, that is the most pointed part of all of this, right? It, it is difficult. And so really, I mean, there have been a lot of studies done on anger. The vast majority of it has to do with how we prevent ourselves from getting to that spot. But mm-hmm. so that I'm not dodging your question, I would say that Think of when you lose it in your anger as almost like passing out, like fainting. And mm-hmm. because when that happens, we're basically blacking out, like where we become unaware of our behavior. 
people often lose time. They don't remember what they did when they lost their, lost their temper. And, and that's a very difficult thing to stop. Like when you are in that, you know, basically blacked out state, it, it, it is extremely difficult. But I will say in my work with people who have stopped the cycle of emotional abuse, we work on creating touchstones that can penetrate that blacked out state, whether it's like as simple as a rubber band that they're always wearing that they can snap if they feel themselves, quote, passing out, blacking out into anger. Mm. Or it might be that you have a painting of some kind that's in front of you, you know, where you most often sit. Some people can develop sort of a biofeedback mechanism where if you're that angry in that moment and about to snap, almost certainly your heart rate is up. And so we do biofeedback exercises to help um, them notice that their heart rate is up. And then, all right, it, it goes back to Kate, that same phrase is like, I need a timeout. You know, you're putting yourself mm-hmm. it's like, I'm about almost as like, it's like, I'm about to faint. Stop everything. Stop. Just stop. Mm-hmm. I'm about to black out. Stop. Don't move. You know, you might fall over. That's the same thing as if you're in that spot with anger. I would love to mention a book that addresses this quite a bit in a lot of detail. I think it would be quite helpful. Would that be appropriate here? I can also give you a yeah. link. Okay. Oh, no, for sure. We'd love to hear it. Okay. So there's a book that's really fabulous. It's called Letting Go of Anger, the 11 most common anger styles and what to do about them. And it is a classic. It's written by Ron and Patricia Potter Efron. So Potter, like, you know, clay, clay potters and Efron. And obviously I'll send you the link, Kate. It's, it's fascinating because it breaks down the types of anger into 11 styles. And for each one, it offers exercises and tools for defusing those most angry moments. Ooh, that sounds like a really brilliant book. I love I love a book that can help you kind of individualize the advice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that resource. And speaking of resources, do you have any that you can share with folks and for people who'd like to hear more from you just in general? Where can they find you? Yeah, you bet. I um I have a fun new checklist. I call it a challenging conversation checklist. So it applies to all sorts of different challenges, whether at work or in your romantic relationship with your kids, whatever. And and it is called what to say and how to say it when you want to be powerful and kind, including six things to avoid. And I know I'm biased, but it is my favorite new free resource that I've created in a long time. So I hope you'll go grab it. It's at my website at andreajlee.com slash what to say, all one word. Excellent. That sounds great. I'm going to go grab it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Andrea, thanks so much for being here today. It's been wonderful. Thank you for your focus on this topic. I always love your show so much and I always love the topics you pick. Thank you. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. 
Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 